You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Welcome to a new season of Knowing Motherhood. I know I've said it here before, but when we started the Knowing Motherhood podcast in 2019, I never thought that we'd only be launching episode 33 years later. And yet I feel so thankful to be doing this still, to have the privilege of continuing to hear from so many women the impact that these conversations have had in their walks with Jesus and in their motherhood journeys. I don't think that we have had a guest back a third time before, but Heather Kofer is a sweet friend. I haven't yet actually had a chance to um, chat with in person, but I'm so glad she's back with us today. In our first episode together, Heather briefly touched on the fact that she struggles with undiagnosed illness, and at the time, she didn't feel ready to open up about the topic. Recently, however, she's shared a little bit more vulnerably on dealing with invisible illness through her online writings. And because of my own journey with undiagnosed health struggles as well, I knew we needed to talk this out together in some way, so here we are. As we prepared for the conversation, the theme of honesty and suffering came up several times, and we felt that this was the angle to take in our discussion. So let's listen in as Heather and I cover biblical truths that inform our weary hearts in the midst of physical suffering, as well as what it looks like to suffer honestly before God and others. Whether you're facing a cancer diagnosis, walking through marriage hurt, or you've recently lost a loved one, I know you're going to be challenged and encouraged by our conversation together. Heather, you're here again. Welcome. Thank you. It's so exciting to be back on with you. Thanks for thanks for asking me to do this episode with you. I'm so thankful that we get to have this conversation because I feel like you've been sharing for a little bit now, a little while now online, and I've read a little bit of what you've been talking about in relation to your struggle with invisible illness. And every time I've read something of yours, it has resonated so deeply with me. And I just kept thinking, oh, I just want to have a conversation with you about this. And so um, today we're talking about yeah, invisible illness, illness that isn't visible on the outside, but it's something that is chronic and um, often undiagnosed or not easily diagnosed and how to suffer honestly before God and, and, and others in our lives in the midst of it. So thank you. Thanks for being here. Do you want to just um, catch us up a little bit for those who maybe aren't familiar with you? Uh, share a little bit about your current season and what you're doing, your family. Absolutely. Well, I am a mom of five little kiddos. My husband and I have been married for 11 years and it's amazing. I'm so thankful for him. I our kiddos, a few of them are school age, so I'm in the midst of the adventure of homeschooling right now. Mm-hmm. And um, in my quote unquote spare time, <laughs> I, I, I'm, uh, do, I'm doing a good bit of writing. I was taking a little break that the Lord gave me, or just sort of a... Uh, not a total break, but just had a season of less writing. So that mm-hmm. seems to be something the Lord's bringing back onto my plate more frequently now. So that's also something that fills my days. And you're a good writer. And so I'm glad that he's opened up the opportunity for you to do it more. Oh, thank um, you. I appreciate but I know that. it takes, yeah, it takes a lot of time though. And a lot of 
focus to write when you have five little ones running around, plus you are homeschooling now. So I think everyone listening wants to know your secrets, Heather. Yes. Well, my husband and I were just talking about this. Um, It really does take a lot of coordination uh, and a lot of prayer. I was just asking the Lord for wisdom that only he can give for the topics that... I'm writing on and the time, just the practical things of the time, when to, when to write, when to, when to do that. And also when to know, uh, uh, to know when not to. So yeah, just navigating those things. And he is so gracious. He equips us for what he calls us to in any given season. Hmm. It's so true. And I think, I think that this really ties into your story of sharing, or rather the way that you've begun sharing about um, the illness that you have been dealing with for many, many years now. Mm-hmm. You uh, shared with me recently that you you weren't sure exactly when to start sharing about it and mm-hmm. opening up a little bit more. And so that's quite recent for you. Do you mind giving us a little bit of an overview about what that journey's looked like um, for you and how things kind of started and, and where you're at now? Sure. Well, yes, as you mentioned, it has been a long time. I started having strange health issues when I was in my mid-teen years. My family had lived in Mongolia for a number of years at that point. And yeah, just had a lot of unique symptoms that didn't really seem to be connected to anything. I moved back to the States and um, tried to figure out what was going on. And we would find out little things here and there, um, but none of them ever seemed really connected. And so it was just years and years of seeing a new specialist, hoping that something would be discovered, something that was concrete, and then finding out that it was a dead end again. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. But there are a few things in the past few years that have been more solid, which even though I don't have a, still a, a specific diagnosis, we have a little bit better grasp of what's going on. Um, but it essentially, it just causes a whole host of bizarre symptoms ranging from neurological issues, which just causes some muscular issues and other other strange things chronic eye pain, all sorts of strange strange symptoms that don't even make sense to me most of the time. And they just ebb and flow. They get worse sometimes, and sometimes they're more manageable. But it definitely has been a season of, uh, a long season, of having to trust the Lord with the unknowns. And most likely, at this point, it seems that at least partially this is stems from things I was exposed to when we lived overseas in Mongolia. So there's a high likelihood that I will never have full answers to what's going on in my body or, or what's causing it. Hmm. Are you willing to elaborate a little bit on what that was in Mongolia? Um, well... There are some, uh, at this point, it's mostly hypotheses. <laughs> yeah. um, just because the environment over there is so different. Um, it could be a virus that I got years ago when we were there. Mm-hmm. Um, that is still lingering in my body. It, um, there is really, really severe pollution there. It's, it's hard to even describe unless you experience it it's so so bad and so long term long term exposure to that there's possibly other um environmental either 
just natural things like natural it has a sort of a high radiation levels from what I've heard my parents have done a lot of looking into this because both of them have had long-term health issues as well yeah so um it's sort of a mystery to all of us but those are a few things that could potentially be causing some of these things Mm. and some of it could be genetic as well so right right it's so hard when you can't get answers Mm -hmm. when you're just constantly having to do this test and that test and you just it feels impossible to actually get a solid answer Mm -hmm. oh it's true it's yeah it's definitely um it has there have been many times when the lord has had to walk me through those seasons of feeling despairing when i've just had to trust him with the with the lack of understanding yeah yeah and I think this is true for, um, and I'm just saying this more for the listeners, um, this is true in any medical or physical struggle, right? I mean, when we, even for those um, who are walking through a cancer diagnosis, mm-hmm. to wait, to have to wait and go through that process is grueling. Mm-hmm. It can be grueling. I mean, some people will get an answer really quickly. They might get treatment quickly, but mm-hmm. for others, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it can be such a long time of suffering in just the waiting component yes. of this and just not having an answer. And that is so hard for us as humans because <laughs> we want to know. Mm-hmm. We want to understand. We want to have, we want to be able to take action to to get better and so that waiting is just a really hard season and for you it's been a long long time (laughs) in what ways has your family been affected by by this and and how have you how have you and how have maybe in your husband you know how have you grown together through the midst and in the midst of all of this yeah that's a good question I think I was really concerned early on for my kiddos just that they would really struggle with having a mom, especially maybe getting older once they, it wasn't all they ever knew or they had a, a more mature or expanded worldview realizing, oh, not everyone's moms <laughs> are um, quite as weak, I mean, physically weak as my mom. And, um, but what I've seen, one thing that has been really beautiful is that my children have developed so much compassion. They're very aware of when people are hurting. Mm. And that has been a beautiful thing to me. They're aware when I'm struggling, they'll come in and just give me hugs and kisses and, um, a few times, my five-year-old, she's very tender. She just said, Mom, I was just praying for you um, when she knows I'm not feeling well. And they'll just be very gentle and ministering to me. Mm-hmm. But they're also very aware of it in other people, and I just praise God for that. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, just working through some of the things too, the the ways in which, you know, <laughs> when you're not feeling well, there's also a battle with the flesh too. So I've had to do a lot of repenting when I'm impatient and <laughs> not yeah. not um, as aware of as I should be of, of their needs. And, you know, just working through those things, trusting the Lord with the things that I can't control. But... Um, seeking to grow and and trust his grace more in the ways that I need to just really really cling to his grace to help me to walk through those things in a way that gives my children an example of the ways that suffering as a Christian makes such a difference um and then with my husband Judah that Judah's been so amazing through the process. He's been so understanding. I think, you know, he's, he's always had quite good health and he is someone who I think this, you know, more often than not, it's the case for a lot of 
guys, you know, they just sort of, they wait. <laughs> it might be years before they go to the doctor or, you know, but he's just, yeah. he's just a tough, healthy guy. And, um, I think early on in marriage, um, there's a lot of those, there are a lot of those communication things, a lot of on my part that was, I didn't communicate like I should or all the things you're trying to figure out in the newly married season Um, and working through those together. But in the past few years, I've just seen his sensitivity grow so much and have felt so cared for by him when he'll say, you need to just go to bed or you need to say no to this um, opportunity or just say, I'm sorry, you can't, you know, he's just, he's taken that position of where I, mm. as a people pleaser <laughs> would tend to just do it anyway. Right. He steps in and he says, I, I'm, I'm letting, I'm releasing you from <laughs> your, your, uh, commitment. You can just blame it on, <laughs> you can blame it on me. That's amazing. It is. Yeah. He has just, he's been so, I've, the Lord has just given him such a sensitivity toward that. And just to see him be so thoughtful or just to remind me again, don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the cost that goes into this. Just um, wow. do what needs to be done and the Lord's going to take care of us and he's going to provide. And that has been an amazing gift to see yeah. how, yeah, he's just sought to live with me in an understanding way, as it says in scripture. And the Lord has really blessed that. Yeah, it's, I think I can't imagine walking through something like, you know, what you are and have experienced. And also for myself with my own um, ongoing health issues, mm-hmm. I not ha- like, I can't imagine doing it without a husband to to hold to hold that hold the fort Mm -hmm. you know and to be able to speak truth i i would say you sound like you're a little bit more (laughs) trusting with those opinions i i think i or those sorry those um the way that he guides or leads Mm. you i have struggled a little bit more with that it has Mm. definitely been difficult for me to say no Mm. when i know that i should And it's been a long process of learning how Mm -hmm. to submit to my husband in that way. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, I, it's something that I desire, but I think that it's been really difficult for me to naturally just get there and saying, you know, that, yeah, you might be seeing something that I don't see. You might be seeing that I need this more than I see it. Yes. And that's, that's hard. And I, I think I'm learning how to be more honest mm-hmm. um with him mm. um and it, it's kind of sad to say that like you know we next year we'll be married or this year we were mar- we've been married for 14 years and oh. i think you know it, why has it taken so long for me to actually realize how valuable it is to respect that mm-hmm. and and not think that my own um, maybe thoughts on it are the most valid. Like these are the things in marriage I think that are so trying, but it's also so um, it's so sanctifying, mm-hmm. and it it draws us closest closer together if we let it. And it's I true. I pray you know that that is the track that, or I know that's the track that we're on. But I know mm-hmm. that this is something that takes some time. So I'm really inspired does. by the way that you speak about Judah and the way that you. Um, you really praise him and his role in your marriage. And it's a beautiful thing. But the being honest part is hard. And that's what I heard mm-hmm. you kind of say there. So can you elaborate a little bit more on why is it so difficult for us? Why does being honest with God and the people closest to us especially, why does it matter so much? Why do we need to do this? And why is it so hard? That is a good question, and <laughs> it's very interesting because, you know, with some of those things, like when he says, you just need to go to bed, or you just need to, <laughs> even sometimes when he says, um, how many glasses of water have you had today, yeah. those sorts of things, and I'm like, <sighs> it's not just because I haven't had enough water to drink. <laughs> oh, I feel that. <laughs> So 
I'm still learning too. I'm still in the process、mm. of learning. Or like, you're so right. I definitely need to go to bed early tonight. And then I'm like.、Oh, Oh, but another episode of the Great British Baking Show came on. <laughs> so maybe after. So I'm still learning too.、Um, for whatever that's worth,、oh. I'm just going to throw that out there.、Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm don't,、mm-hmm. I don't do that perfectly. But I think one thing that I've learned in this, in this, in this process is a, a specifically regarding honesty and living. Truthfully, is that in seasons when I haven't, it really does push me to either one extreme or the other. There have been, I have tended in some ways to be on the extreme because it's been so confusing to me and it's been, it's hard to explain it to other people. Yes. That it almost feels easier to just pretend like it's not happening. And I have talked with about it over the years, but. Um, in seasons, especially when it's been hard, I just don't sometimes want to have to go through the process of, explain, of explaining、yeah. it. And so I pretend like nothing's happening or that everything's fine、um, when it's, that's not the case. And it's not like I have to tell everything to everyone.、Mm-hmm. I, but the Lord has really been teaching me that when I'm. Not being truthful about where I'm at, that it causes a lot of um it causes a lot of I mean, damage might be a hard uh, uh, a harsh sort of word to use, but it it has bad consequences and、mm. um in me internally because. I'm not willing to rest when I need to rest or say no when I need to say no.、Um, but it just creates a bad pattern and sometimes even a pendulum swing where then all of a sudden all I can think about is my sickness and it just feels so overwhelming. And, you know, in an effort to try to express where I'm at, then I go overboard and I talk too much about it or I'm too focused on it and it feels so overwhelming and it, it just, yeah, it creates an unhealthy pendulum swing there. Um, and um, what the Lord has really taught me about living according to truth is that it not only do I acknowledge it correctly and not push it, try to push it under the rug or pretend like it's not there.、Um, And sort of neglect my body and my needs.、Mm-hmm. Um, I, if, and essentially not be a good steward of my body. <laughs> and then on the other side, it helps me to、um, not make suffering my identity and to not make my sickness my identity.、Um, mm-hmm. It helps me see clearly that my identity is first and foremost in Christ.、Uh, he, Gives me the ability to walk through whatever it is that is in front of me without succumbing to it in every way.、Mm-hmm. That it's a part of my story, but it's so different with Christ. And then it also gives me the humility to be able to say, I am weak. <laughs> I can't do everything as a people pleaser. <laughs> Mm. I have to be able to. I, I, it, his grace gives me the ability to let go of where I cannot please other people, or、yeah. even just the perception in me that I'm going to let other people down. But it gives me a good dose of humility <laughs> to、yeah. be able to say, I am weak and I need his strength and I need others' help, and I have limits. So, it keeps me in a place of being able to rightly think about and handle my physical weakness.、Um, and it gives me the ability to see where I have responsibility to grow, like I said, with drinking more water or getting more sleep, and places where I've fallen into undi- undiscipline in any of those ways. Mm. Um, and where I can and should take responsibility 
rather than right. um, right. just saying, oh, it's all totally out of my hands and I can't do anything, but really doing the sometimes hard work of those very simple, <laughs> simple disciplines that can just get lost in the midst of everyday life. Yes, and especially when you're a mom of multiple children. Um, I have four and you have five and we both understand that trying to find time to prioritize our own needs can be a real, real battle. Mm -hmm. And I also struggle with taking the time to care for myself. I was just sharing with someone yesterday that I I often feel like if I do my makeup in the morning and I do my hair and put on some decent clothes, like that I've, that self-care, that I've taken care of myself. And the world has a definition of self-care. But there's also like you are referring to, like our bodies are are referred to as, as a temple and it's something that we are to care for well Mm -hmm. for so many reasons for the ones around us that love us and, and right. We're an example to our children. And as moms, like this is a whole other topic, Yes, (laughs) really right (laughs) for another time, but, but caring for ourselves in a way that is truly God honoring. Mm -hmm. This is something that I am spending so much time pondering and praying about right now because I feel truly convicted that I am not doing that well and so it's yeah it's a a topic really close to my heart currently but I love that you mentioned that because I think that hopefully in being honest with others we do develop the humility to maybe look at our struggles differently Mm -hmm. and take care of ourselves maybe in a way that not only betters our own health, but the, you know, betters those around us that we love. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that the whole, you know, topic of weakness and allowing it to be seen is, it's the hardest thing because it means humbling ourselves, Mm -hmm. but it also opens doors to letting God's power be displayed in our lives in a way that wouldn't be otherwise if we just hid it all away. So I'd love to hear some thoughts from you on that topic of God's power being shown through our weakness. How is it? And and in this, if you can elaborate on that a little bit, how have you seen his power shown through your weaknesses? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to pull up a verse here because it's been one that's very um, precious to me in Second Corinthians 12 where that phrase comes from. Um, I have long loved 2 Corinthians 12, um, especially 9 through, well, 9 and 10. Um, And that says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power Mm -hmm. of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Mm-hmm. And Amen. I have, those are those are some verses that I repeat to myself over and over again. I sort of, some of those verses that I use daily, I would call like core verses or fighter, right. fighter verses. <laughs> Fighting words. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and, um... Recently, I was revisiting those verses, and I, um, I have, especially verse 9, I know it so well that I don't often go back to Scripture and just look at it, but it was very fascinating to me that it was in the, con- like, looking at it in the full context that Paul is talking about um, this thorn in the flesh and how it was, it was given to him and um, allow, the Lord allowed it to be given to him, this thorn in the flesh from um, Satan, it says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Paul, Paul pleaded with the Lord to take it away. And, it's, and he said, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given to me in the flesh. Um, and then he, ple- he pleads with, it says he pleads with the Lord. But I, I was just thinking about that. Sometimes the Lord allows physical weakness. Now, I'm not comparing myself to the Apostle Paul, but (laughs) But, just thinking about 
the kind of, especially where he says to keep him from becoming conceited and thinking about the ways just my, you know, the personal ways in which I have been so humbled and my own strength has Mm -hmm. been so stripped. Um, and it has caused me to cling so desperately to the grace of God, um, because of him allowing this weakness to remain. Um, that was, just a very profound thing to me recently that not only can I cling to him and trust his grace in the midst of my weakness in the middle of my pain, but I can also trust him that he knows exactly why it still needs to remain, that he knows why it has to be, why he has chosen it to be a tool of sanctification in my life. Um, and one of the beautiful things that I have seen in this, especially in those days where is I have hard days where I, I forget, you know, I forget to remind myself, I forget the grace that is available to me. But on the yeah. days when I remember and I'm really clinging to him, I've noticed that my ability to persevere in the suffering and then the joy and peace in my soul, even if it's not in necessarily in my feelings, but just that sense of eternal peace and joy is so, it just makes all the difference. And when I, um, I, when, when I am living in that, it is one of the most amazing things to, to experience, to experience the grace of God and to be able to say this ability to follow through on this commitment that I made, that I believe the Lord gave me to do, or this, um, moment where I'm practicing patience, even though pain is so, um, is, is, is so overwhelming, is a testimony of his grace And although my children might not see it then, although others might not know it, I do. And it is a testimony that he Mm. is faithful and he promises to do what he says. um, He he will do what he promises he's going to do, that he will give us the grace in our weakness and that that becomes a beautiful platform for displaying just how good and faithful and powerful his spirit is in the lives of his children. And doesn't it just show his goodness in the fact that our pain is never unaccompanied by joy? Mm-hmm. Like that is the beautiful goodness of God. And mm-hmm. I was just reading a little something in my Bible as you were um, reading this um, Second Corinthians verse, um, there was just a little write-up on pain, which mm. is so interesting, mm-hmm. in my Women's Study Bible, and talking about how, like, when God, when man chose, when Adam and Eve chose to step out of their relationship with God, when they chose not to trust him and to believe the enemy instead, God brought about this consequence where a woman would have to experience pain and childbirth. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing here, this is, I've never really thought about this before, is that there's joy that accompanies the pain because she gets the exhilaration of mm-hmm. seeing new life born mm-hmm. and holding that new baby and feeling the ceasing of pain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like what a beautiful thing that our God always promises to meet us in our pain and to provide joy in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Like that testimony has become so precious to me in my own life. And I I know that you have experienced it too, Mm -hmm. that God is so faithful again and again to meet us exactly where we're at and to provide all we need Mm -hmm. in the midst of our suffering. It's so true. And whenever I see people who I know are experiencing even far more suffering than I have, when I have, Mm -hmm. you know, when I see people who are, Um, even people who are dying recently, I've had the ability to witness just people testifying who are getting ready to see the Lord soon of Mm. his goodness to them. There is something that is so incredibly powerful about it. And it, 
bolsters my faith so much because I realize there is literally nothing that I could walk through, whether it's just the continuation of these ongoing health struggles that I have that um, that are their burden. They they do bring yeah. suffering or if it gets so bad that it brings me to the point of death that God will be faithful and there he doesn't waste anything that his children mm-hmm. walk through. He doesn't waste any any of that that pain. It always like you said, it produces something beautiful. And um apart from Christ, pain doesn't have any redeeming value it's only despair and death and that's what makes all the difference um, Mm -hmm. being a child of God and having his spirit Mm -hmm. in us because we know this isn't the end and that he's going to use it and redeem it yeah yeah what a promise that is you know you and I when we were chatting last week uh, about this conversation Mm -hmm. we had a really awesome (laughs) chat Mm -hmm. in preparation for it I don't always get to do that um, but it was it was so neat but we we ended up talking about um, responses to suffering Mm -hmm. kind of in the extremes and um, and and then so I just thought like this is something that we just have to touch on Mm -hmm. together today and and like what those responses are what those extremes are and and then let's talk a little bit about what that what's the most christ-like response Mm -hmm. for us how where do we find that christ-like response in the midst of these two different extremes that can happen to us Mm -hmm. well yeah i was touching on this a little bit earlier with my um with some of the things that I've just personally walked through. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are those those extremes of just not handling it correctly, the extremes of, um, especially in a situation where it's confusing or difficult, or, or if we just don't want it there and we just want to do <laughs> what we want to do, then we yeah. push it out away. We don't live... Um, we're, we're just denying it and it just makes it worse. It compounds the problem. Right. And then there's the other side that um, is making the sickness our identity. And it, yes. it, it, con- it really does consume us. And um, I saw a fascinating article that I was telling you about um, of these, these online communities that have been dedicated to... Um, specifically to various chronic illnesses. And um, I don't know if they started as support groups. I hadn't heard about it up until this point. But um, it was very fascinating hearing this, the person who, who wrote this, talk about how um, some, some of these people then become even unwilling to acknowledge the fact that they could get better because they've found their community in their sickness. They've found it there. And so they, and because they feel accepted and loved, they don't even want to leave it. And, um, that was just a very stunning thing to consider. And even to think about the ways in which, um, over, you know, even for the sake of, because mine have been so confusing because, uh, because my health issues have, um, there just haven't been many answers to them. Um, even thinking, how have I, in thinking back on ways when I've tried to be like, I just need to convince people how bad I feel, and right. and yeah. making it like the rather than just trusting that to the Lord, that no, it all that matters is that He knows, <laughs> yeah, that He knows what I'm walking through, and I can, I don't have to worry about. Um, the responses of other people. And I don't even have to worry about the acceptance of other people because I yes. am eternally loved and safe and um, accepted because of Jesus Christ. And um, when, when especially this extreme of making that sickness our identity, it can become, it can become, um, I mean, that's, that's a very interesting thing to find and also so tragic to realize that people feel so desperate that they are willing to to make that their ultimate identity for the sake of acceptance. Right. And I just think what an incredible opportunity we as believers have 
to display that Christ changes the way that we suffer and that he he and also the ability to be able to testify to those who are without hope that it doesn't it doesn't we don't have to suffer um for one we don't have to suffer without hope and then we don't have to cling to our suffering as our identity because mm-hmm. we have something so much better yeah i i have so many thoughts on this and like just not enough time to articulate but as you're talking i was thinking about the the pools at Beth, the bethsaida mm-hmm. did, 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 Beth, yeah. i said differently right mm-hmm. bethesda? bethesda did i get mm-hmm. that right yes 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 bethesda yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> And I once heard this incredible uh, message by Christine Kane, and she had talked, and it's called, Do You Want to Get Well or Want to Be Well? I think it was called. But she had gone into, like, this incredible description of, like, the of, like, just things that I just was not aware of, of what was going on during those times in the actual pools and why there was movement in the pool and, and, and how this worked and why people sat by the pools and mm. at what time they actually tried to get closer and into the pool because they believed they might be healed. And just the way that Jesus communicated to this man who was sitting there, like, and he said to him, do you want to be well? Mm. And this man was just sitting by this pool with all of these other people who are sick and with leprosy right and and different Mm -hmm. ailments and they're all just wanting to be well and they're just sitting there waiting at this this pool Mm -hmm. and Jesus comes and he says do you want to be well Mm. and the man the man like didn't even he uh, he wanted to like just stay and wait for this water to start moving like Mm. you know and and Mm -hmm. and Jesus was there the whole time and I feel like that's such a good example or the what you just shared is such a good example of that parallel Mm -hmm. right of these people just clinging to the identity that they have in their sickness Mm -hmm. and not even having the ability to to put their faith and trust or not choosing to put their faith and trust in jesus Mm -hmm. and it's not that god always heals Mm -hmm. he doesn't right we know that he doesn't choose to heal sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he allows these these pains and sufferings to linger mm-hmm. for good purpose, though we don't often get to see that right away, if ever. But I think the clinging to the identity of our our illness, of our sickness, shows a lack of knowledge of who our God is. Mm-hmm. Because when we know who he is, we know who we are. Mm-hmm. And we know, just like you said, that we are dearly loved, that we are his child, mm-hmm. and that we're in his hands, mm-hmm. and that he knows, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. thanks for, thank you for laying that out, because I think it's so important for us to remember that there's, there isn't just one way to respond when we're dealing with long-term suffering. We mm-hmm. we can go f- into this extreme of denial and or we can go into this other extreme of like finding our identity there. So what mm-hmm. what does a Christ-like response looks look like in this scenario? Well, I think it really comes back to first and foremost turning our eyes on to the Lord. I had a few uh or I, I wrote a blog post a few months ago, um, and I started it by sharing a story about just getting another phone call from a doctor and um, just a really hard dead end. And I was lying on my bed in the middle of the afternoon and just just crying and so discouraged and thinking, what are people going to think of me? Are people going to think that I just have some warped Mm. sense of wanting attention and you know I was just so focused on what are people going to think about me what are people going to think about me and I would I just started crying out to the Lord and saying I don't understand I I just what you know are people you know just it was all all that what are people going to think about me and I said I just I just want I just want to know but we don't know and I just felt the Lord so clearly it was one of those moments that was so undeniable because this thought could not have come to my my mind in the middle of it but he just spoke to my heart and he said but Heather I know I know exactly what is going on in your body is that enough that you can trust me that I know even if you never know even if other people 
never know. Is it enough? Are you content to know that I know and I have a reason that I have kept answers from you thus far? Will you trust me with that? And that was a real turning point for me in Mm. letting go of either the extremes or the opinions of other people. Um, And it allowed me to just rest in him, to rest in knowing that he has my life in his hands and that he can allow answers whenever he wants to. And he will give wisdom in the continuation of walking forward um, with what it looks like to pursue medical help or um, other practical ways of dealing with it. But that all I have to do is look to him. And I have to be humble enough to acknowledge where I might be contributing to it or whatnot. But just keep in step with his spirit. Just trust him. Take day after day (laughs) as it comes. And seek to walk according to truth and in a way that glorifies him. And it really, that just keeps us from the extremes. And I am still learning this. But the sort of freedom that it has brought, even to be able to talk about it, and that's even one reason why I am able to talk about it and why I felt like after, because this was a couple of years ago, that I just had this sense that the Lord was saying, you're free to talk about this now. <laughs> you're free to share what the Lord has, what, what I've been doing in, mm. in this. Because now you're, you have a clearer perception of both the lies you are believing <laughs> and living mm. according to truth. Living according to truth. The truth is you have these strange, confusing, ongoing health issues that have not been diagnosed. That's the truth. The truth is you have me. You are in me. You are not forsaken. And I, and I will use these Heather in your (laughs) life and in the lives of other people to show that my grace is sufficient in weakness that I will fulfill promises that I'm good even when I allow suffering to remain. And sometimes it's that long-term suffering that puts his glory on display the most. So that is what a, the Christ-like response to suffering is one I have been learning. Um, I will, I'm sure I will continue to learn for the rest of my life. That I will continue to have to repent of ways in which I fall short and ways in which I choose not to believe that he's faithful and choose not to believe that his grace is sufficient and that it will be, it will be a continual turning, a continual denial of my flesh until the day that I die because one day we're all going to die, whether it's from this or something else. Yeah. And so there is never a point in my life when... Um, when I will be let off the hook or I won't have some trial, whether it's physical suffering or some other kind of suffering that draws me back to him. Um, So essentially, it's just looking to him in faith, obeying Mm -hmm. him and trusting that his grace is going to be there. Yeah. You you just made me think of of something and and I something that I want to reflect on more mm-hmm. after we're finished this conversation but I was thinking about how we are called to be faithful with mm-hmm. what we've been given mm-hmm. and you just really just that just popped to my mind as you were talking that that doesn't just mean money wealth family children right right this is also the hardships we've been given. Mm-hmm. And I think a, the world wants us to believe, right? The enemy wants us to believe that the pursuit of happiness is something that we deserve or that we're entitled to. Um, but God, we know, I mean, everybody without, maybe some don't won't admit it, but I mean, we, we know innately that life will always be full of hardship. Right. Whatever that looks like, it always will be. But knowing 
Jesus makes all the difference Mm -hmm. because of the peace he gives. And being faithful with what we've been given means that we set aside what we think our lives should look like Mm -hmm. and we embrace what God is doing in us through the things that he's allowed in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, faithfulness has been the theme of this year for me. Every year I just sort of pray, mm-hmm. Lord, what is it that you're doing in my life? What is it that you that you want me to focus on? What are you highlighting that I need to learn in a greater way? And, and last year as I was reflecting on that, um, I just, it really wasn't, you know, sometimes it's just one word, but this time it was just this prayer that I had been praying and that I have felt increasingly on my heart. And it was, Lord, help me be faithful. And that has been over and over again on my lips this past year. Mm-hmm. It's just the cry of my heart, help me be faithful, help me be faithful. Whether that is in the midst of physical pain or whether that is in the midst of trying to school my little kids or whether that's in the midst of um, loving my husband or whether that's in the midst of um, serving in the body of Christ that we've, you know, serving my brothers and sisters um, around us. Just, Lord, help me be faithful with whatever it is. Or sometimes I'm saying, Lord, help me just just be faithful to rest. Help me to be faithful to take Mm, my supplements that I know make such a difference. Help me to be faithful to discipline myself, to put my phone down when I need to, to to turn it off, to not turn there for my my relaxation or rest. Like whatever that looks like. Go to bed early. Yes, and go to bed early. Oh, man. (laughs) That's one of my struggles too. Yeah. 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 Faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. You know, I don't even know how almost an hour has gone by. I just I love talking with you. <laughs> Likewise. <laughs> it's, it's so encouraging and um, I'd love to just keep going. But I want to know, um, do you have any resources um, that you can share? What are some things that have been, who, that have meant a lot to you maybe in staying grounded, mm-hmm. podcast books, anything, yeah. and people um, that have helped you to focus on God's truth in the midst of your suffering? Mm-hmm. Well, one book that I read recently that was just amazing was um, uh, a book by Paul David Tripp called Suffering Gospel Hope When Life Doesn't Make Sense. And it had profound truth after profound truth. And uh, several of his books are are our favorites. Um, Mm. But this was so, uh, this was so timely. And one of the quotes that I pulled out of it, um, there were so many that I could have used, but one he said is, you never just suffer the thing that you're suffering, but you always also suffer the way that you're suffering that thing. And essentially in the context is you can either either suffer like the world suffers or you can suffer as the believer is called to suffer and is able to suffer because of Christ. Wow. And it makes all the difference. And I just was like, <laughs> wow, just that idea of you're not just suffering. You're suffering in the way that you suffer. <laughs> and that just, I was like, wow. That, I mean, of course, but it just was so, it, it just hit, it hit home. And he goes into how suffering, you know, can bring about doubt, how you walk through that, walk, working through things like bitterness and how, you know, wow. I, I mean, he just goes into so many things that um, any sufferer knows comes about with whatever suffering has been given um, in some way, shape, or form. So that is a book I would highly recommend. Um, that was an incredible encouragement to me. Um, um, it's not necessarily on uh, just all on suffering, but one that has been one podcast that has been incredibly encouraging to me for years now is the Revive Our Hearts podcast because they go through like often um, the host Nancy Damas Walgamuth or or some other guest will walk through um, like a passage of scripture and I have just been amazed where I think oh you know how is something from 
the book of Hezekiah, or I mean, the story of Hezekiah going to encourage me, you know, and somehow, you know, of course, the word of God is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. He, all of his word is profitable, profitable. Um, And just the way that they faithfully present scripture. And then they do have series where they deal with hard things, but that has been a continual blessing that's been a continual blessing to me, um, that podcast. Um, and, hmm, yeah, probably those two. I haven't read that book by Paul David Tripp, so I just jotted it down on my paper beside me here because I would love to read it. And I just feel like, um, it's amazing to me because the quote that you read, um, I was like, some people just have this incredible ability to put to words <laughs> yes. the things that we just like, <laughs> how, like, how, how did you formulate that? How did I you, know, it's, it's amazing. True. It is. I, that's how I was feeling the entire book. I was like, how, of course, like you, it's like one of those duh moments, but yeah. also how did you think of that? That is just profound. So it's real wisdom, yes. is what it is. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> okay, well, tell me this. I have a question for you to end our time together, and then I actually have a verse I want to read before we say goodbye. But what is, what's a favorite pastime of yours currently? And tell me something that you do not have time for, <laughs> but you hope to in the near future. Well, one of my favorite pastimes as of late has just been taking more time to to try to be an expertise at I don't know if managing a home is the right way to say it but just learning for fun not out of uh, a sense of even needing to it's like I need to everyone needs to care for their home and care for yes, their kids yeah but I've just had such an excitement about little things like, you know, Ooh, I'm going to, I wonder what sort of picture collage would look good on this wall or, you know, that would just really make it pop or, you know, or in what way could I make this room so that it is a little more beautiful and a little more cozy so that people really enjoy being in here. Oh, Um, I love that. Or, or just even things like, oh, how can I really clean my kitchen well? Or mm. what ways can I just go the extra mile to make it sparkle? And, and you know, up until this point, a lot, there, there are things that have been more stressful. And I think even with, you know, chronic illness can make a lot of those things stressful. Oh, it um, does, yeah. yeah. Because you're constantly feeling behind. And yes. um, so that has been something that I've just wrestled with over the years, but as of the past few months, God has just been giving me an increased excitement for those things. And just like, yay, I'm going to go do the dishes and I'm going to clean the, I'm not just going to do the dishes. I'm also going to spray down the counters with my new pear scented (laughs) surface cleaner. Like, I'm like, who am I? (laughs) That is true joy. In the house, in the home. I love it. I know. I've been like, wow, this is, and then I'm, and then I'm like, oh, and then it's all done. I'm just going to light a candle. And, you know, I'm just like, but it's just all from a, a joy of it, which I am so thankful for. But it sort of felt like a hobby. It's not felt as much like, of course, I have to do it. But it's been something I've enjoyed. I've been reading um, a couple of books uh, the Life Giving Home by Sally Clarkson. Yes, I was. That was the one that was on my mind when you were talking, and I, I was like, "It's by Sally Clarkson," yes. and I was like, "That is so cool." Okay, yep. I have to read that one too. It's so good. That has, I, and I started reading it after the Lord was putting that on my heart or giving me that excitement. Mm. And um, a couple of dear friends of mine were like, "Let's all read this together," and it's just we've just really slowly been reading it, um, and sort of just savoring it and the Lord knew um that that was going to be an incredible encouragement to me and then I also bought (laughs) Joanna Gaines um homebody book and that sort of goes into some of the I don't know she just gives this beautiful way of you know suggestions for ways you can make your home attractive and beautiful but also 
gives that permission to make it life-giving you. right yes it's life-giving yeah so those two books that's that's felt like a hobby lately. <laughs> that is so neat I was not expecting you to say that <laughs> I'm very inspired right now to make this my new favorite pastime. I know. As I was thinking through it, I was like, what have I been enjoying lately? And I was like, well, this is a little little different than what I might have said even a few months ago. Um, That's awesome. I love it. Yes. And then one thing that I would love to do at some point, but that I most definitely don't have time to do right now, (laughs) is learn um, more... Uh, more complicated piano technique. Um, I I studied piano for years and years and loved it. it was, I studied mm. classically. And then um, just when I got married and started having kiddos, I just didn't have as much time to really put into, especially some of those um, more technical skills that go into piano. Right. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we discovered recently, both you and I have a love for jazz music, oh and I have always yes. wanted to learn jazz techniques and jazz theory. So that would be something, especially any you know any sort of things, but particularly jazz. I'd love to oh, learn how to play jazz piano. <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna call and call me, and you're gonna be like, Linnell, I'm working on a new piece. Can I play it for you? Yes. And I will drop everything to listen. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Maybe that's 12 years from now. Oh my goodness. I'm sure it'll be sooner, but that is, what a cool goal that is. That's really neat. Oh, okay. I want to read a verse before we say goodbye um, because I was literally just kind of flipping to Second Corinthians earlier when you were sharing that verse. And then I ended up in Acts because I was looking for the pool of Bethsa. Okay, I'm not saying that word well at all tonight, so I'm not even going to try anymore, okay? Yeah, that, that, that pool. That pool where the guy was sitting by. <laughs> Jesus healed him. Oh my goodness. Oh, I love talking to you. Okay, let me just read this. And I ended up flipping to Acts. And my eyes literally fell on this verse. And I went, I grabbed my highlighter and highlighted it because for some reason it is not. And I just want to read it because it is so beautiful. So it's Acts 2. Verses 25 to 28. I saw, so this is David. David says this. Um, I believe these are his words. I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Mm. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Mm, amen. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's so, so good. So faithful. I love, I love that. That you just, your eyes fell on that verse right in the middle of this conversation. I know. I know I'm going to write it out and put it somewhere in my house because I need to read that over and over again. Mm. He is so faithful. Heather, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been a delight. Thanks for having me. I, I, I second that. It's, it's most certainly been a delight. Really quick, because I forgot to ask you this earlier, yes. where can people connect with you and read some of your writings? Um, because I think they need to go and do that. <laughs> okay, yes. Well, I am fairly frequently on Instagram. I've written quite a number of, I suppose you could call them mini posts, blog posts. I've heard them referred to micro, microblogging. Microblogging, yes. That's, that's, <laughs> that would be about right. A lot mm-hmm. of microblogs on there. Um, I have a website. It's just heathercofer.com where... Um, I have a pretty good archive of, of posts. I don't post on there quite as free, as frequently as I once did, but come out with blog posts maybe every couple of months. And then, um, I am, I have some writing in a few other places. I have some guest posts for well-watered women, um, set apart girl 
some on Revive Our Hearts. So those are some other places you can find writing that I have done. Um, and then I also wanted to throw this out there because um, just because it would be fun. But um, for the listeners, uh, Linnell and I did a Instagram Live together. Um, boy, was it two years ago? I think it yes. was already two years ago yes. when I was getting ready to come out with my book that I wrote. It's called Expectant, which um, Linnell and I have chatted a little bit about before. Yeah. Um, but um, Linnell shares some of her story uh, walking through grief and, and loss and um, losing her little guy. So um, definitely go and ch- go into my um videos because that conversation is still saved in there under my I think it's my expectant highlight so right and you had some other really great guests um sharing stories and talking about similar topics Mm -hmm. as well there so that's that is a really great resource for people to go and check out yeah I was so thankful that you were willing to share that and yeah it was just, I love what the Lord has done in your life and the ways that you're continuing to surrender yourself to Him to be used to proclaim His faithfulness in the midst of a lot of difficult trials. Hmm. Oh, well, it's good that we can walk these things together, hey? Amen. As friends and sisters, thanks, Heather, so much for your encouragement. Hmm. Thanks we'll for talk having to you me. Soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks so much for joining me here today, friends. It's an honor to walk alongside you in this journey. It really is. I pray that my time with Heather has encouraged your heart and given you courage as you face whatever challenges God has allowed you to walk through currently. He is greater. He sees all we don't see. And He is good. He's so good. Even when it's hard to understand all that's been placed before us. Um, I wanted to remind you to check the show notes for links to where you can read Heather's writings and connect with her as well. And I'd love to hear from you um, if you're on Instagram or Facebook. And also, if you have a few minutes uh, right now to spare, please consider leaving a podcast review um, and also share this episode or another favorite with a friend. It makes a huge difference in how many listeners we reach each month. Your support in this way is a huge gift. Okay, thanks again for listening in today. Until next time, let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's keep him on the throne of our hearts and trusting him with each and every moment. See you again soon.